You're listening to While I Laughed, part one of Falsely Imprisoned, Free Britney. How was your day, Grant? Um, maybe the most uneventful day I have had all summer, and I really enjoyed it. Wow, how close are we to your Downton Abbey reset? Um, this is going to sound like <laughs> such a brag, I know, but on Wednesday I leave for a vacation, and then I get back on Sunday, and then I immediately go hiking, uh, camping, uh, okay. and then I'll get back on like Wednesday, so I'm going to be gone for like a whole week, but then I'll be in town for like nine days, and Downton Abbey Pizza Day will definitely be happening <laughs> during that time. May I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who do not know... Every year, I celebrate an important holiday for myself, which I call Pizza Day. Pizza Day is great because as a public school teacher, there's always a couple weeks during the summer where you don't have any kind of job responsibilities at all. So I love to wake up on like a random day during the summer and think, you know what, today (laughs) sounds like a great day to eat pizza and watch all of season six of Downton Abbey. I just really identify with Edith's arc during that (laughs) season. And for those of you wondering, at least in the Denver metro area, yes, Pizza Hut does deliver at 1045 AM. And then you just like eat pizza, watch Downton Abbey, take the inevitable sodium nap, wake up. More pizza, more Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. It just takes about 12 hours to get through the entire season. Mm-hmm. And then you step outside on your deck at one point towards the end of the day and you breathe fresh air for the first time. And you make a commitment to yourself that you will never be doing that again for the rest of the summer. And tomorrow we are, we are hiking. But your heart is full because you just had a pizza day. And it is, outside of pride, maybe the most important holiday <laughs> that I celebrate during the summer. And it's probably going to be in early July this year, which is exciting. Oh, I love that for you. <laughs> the funny thing is, I think we may have already talked about pizza day on this podcast. I don't remember if it was cut out or not. But anyway. People have been turning to me for career advice when what they need to be turning to me for is life advice. Okay? That is the thing it's that I can true. really sell you on. Yeah. It also gives me huge SpongeBob vibes. You know how SpongeBob, uh, every day is a different holiday and he celebrates like yeah, Lee yeah. Ferrickson Day? Yeah. Of the spirit. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. You know? Why not make everything a little special? <laughs> um, how's your day been, Maya? What did I do today? You took care of a dog. Oh, yeah. Again, convincing me that I do not really want a dog. (laughs) Bowser has, like, uh, an allergy, and we can't figure out what he's allergic to. But, like, a couple weeks ago, he broke out in hives, and we took him to the vet, and they just, like, literally told us to get him regular people Benadryl, (laughs) which was, like, great. I'm glad we spent $60 for this vet visit. (laughs) Um, But this morning, we woke up, and he was, like, licking himself a lot, and we noticed he had, like, a really bad rash kind of, like kind of a butthole adjacent. Nice. Um, yeah, and so we, Casey just gave him a bath and shaved his his poor little hip bone back there. But um, yeah, I spent all day, in the beginning, we didn't have a cone for him, so he wore a pair of Casey's basketball shorts. <laughs> and I had I was the one working from home today, so I had to watch him, which was pretty easy because he was so scared about moving <laughs> because he's so timid all the time that he really just sat there uh, next to me and didn't do anything. And I just had to like, tell him to stop every time I heard him, like, start going this way <laughs> to lick. 
Watching him try to drink out of his water bowl with the little cone on was like very funny. It's like when you nurse like a newborn calf. (laughs) Grew up on a couple of farms. Um, Some have said I'm Cam from Modern Family. That's tough to hear. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love that character. But yeah, Bowser's walking around completely unaware of the things that he's running into, which I I'm relate so to. Sad. <laughs> he knocked over Casey's whiskey a couple minutes ago, <laughs> spilled it all. And I think it might have been a vendetta. I think he's actually yeah. really sneakily petty. Um, speaking of petty animals, also in the news, though. Oh, I love it. What? We're obsessed with the orcas off the coast of Spain yes, right now. Yes, the right? ones that like led the people to their like matriarch. So they're not Jesus. Uh, the the orcas that keep sinking boats. Oh, we're talking about different groups of orcas. There's a different orca news item happening yes. right now. Okay, you heard my thing where orcas yeah, yeah, keep yeah. intentionally sinking boats. I have boats. seen that one, yeah. What are you talking about? I don't know if it's recent, but and I also don't remember where it is because orcas mm. are everywhere. But this group of um, people on a boat, I think they were on a tour, noticed these two young orcas trying to get their attention very clearly. And so they they were like clearly asking for help. And so they called like animal rescue or whatever the sure. sea equivalent is. And they came out and like followed these baby orcas to their matriarch because orcas are a matriarchal society and we love that for right, them. we do. They are kind of bitchy though. <laughs> and you know what? That seems fair. They have a couple like rivals in the ocean oh, as I understand. Yeah, too. they're yeah. really mean. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, these yeah. orcas, the, the matriarch had like a fishing buoy stuck to its tail. Oh, and so, so they, it couldn't like dive or anything. It couldn't do anything and so the, the people cut off the thing and then they um, got into like a very... I don't know, straight formation kind of like, you know, uh, dolphins when they're, they're like kind of leading a boat. Have oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The I've orcas, seen Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> the orcas basically did that to them, to the, those, that, uh, like animal rescue group. And it was yeah. like the animal behaviorists were basically saying that that's them like saying thank you and like escorting them back to where they came from. I kind of love that we've all become animal behavior experts, yeah. um, <laughs> including Titanic submarine experts, mm-hmm. but we can talk about that later. Um, you know, actually, so they've actually documented other sea creatures in the area are uh-huh. responding like well to the orcas sinking the boats. Really? Yeah, they've given them their seal of approval. Have you seen the... Seal? Of approval. That took me way longer to get. I like started talking, and as you were reaching your hand out, I was like, oh my. F-. Got her again, folks. Well, this has been an incredible podcast because I think we're probably done publishing now. I'm quitting. <laughs> but have you seen that video? It's been viral for like years and years and years now of the humpback whale saving the. Uh, the smuggler yes. or the diver or whatever. Okay, hold on. You're now going to give me more information. There's a lady who was like a deep sea diver and this humpback whale came up and kept pu- pushing her up to the surface on its fin. Oh, yeah, yeah, because there was like a shark in yeah, the area. Yeah, there was a shark in yes, the area. Yes, yes, and they yes. did more studies on it or they had done studies on it and they realized that uh, humpback whales will do that to protect their babies like in the mm. future because at that when they're that size they're not prey for sure. those sharks but when their babies are in that area their babies are prey and right. so the more they'll just like lift whatever is prey up for those sharks out mm-hmm. of the water so that the sharks can't get them I've also heard they've like rescued seals I actually yeah, think that's what orcas they do. and like blue whales have just like beef um, which I think is really funny orcas are dicks though, I, dude. <laughs> Do you know who else also has beef, though? Hmm. Owls and crows. 
Really? I'm almost positive it's gross. I'm now 85% sure it's one gross. of the blackbirds. Yes, it is, yes, but like that, uh, it's to the point where even if one of these birds has never seen the other in like its lifetime, it It'll automatically has know. hostility to it. It's like those uncontacted tribes. A little bit. See, I was about to make a reference to, I don't know if you experienced this. Oh, but, regular people. I said um, humans. That was weird. That's not what I meant. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you were on this side of TikTok for a second where mm-hmm. they were like, you can train your neighborhood crows to mm-hmm. bring you things. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I mentioned that. it at a single party and people thought I was nuts. Um, and I'm my... on all the animal TikToks. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> and I've thought about it, actually. I just want people to know that I have a good, kind heart and I don't like hate animals. What I hate is mess and mm-hmm. financial responsibilities outside of myself. To be fair, he does pet mo. And that's all we can ask of him. I pet her after we're done recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've learned the hard way. For the one. same reason why I always shave my head before I come, I have to be camera ready, which makes <laughs> me feel like an old Hollywood star or a mm-hmm. current TikTok sensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're trying like a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. for you guys. Speaking of being a TikTok sensation, mm. last time we recorded, we were at, I think, 20,000 TikTok followers, or yeah. Instagram followers, and around like a little shy of 20,000 TikTok followers. And now we're at 30,000 Instagram followers and 50,000 TikTok followers. I told that number to Lydia, and she goes, the TikTok number just doesn't impress me that much. <laughs> Oh my god! She's a super big supporter, and she is impressed by yeah, uh, how really many funny. of you are joining us on Instagram now. But that's funny. Get you friends that will tell you their unvarnished truth. Oh yeah! It won't stop you from starting a podcast, mm-hmm. but it will help focus it. Yeah, I've completely dissociated <laughs> from the numbers. I get texts from Gray all the time. He's like, "This reel reached however many views. This, like, we've reached however many downloads." And I'm like, "That's great." Well, it's only just because it's still crazy to me. Oh, it's still insane. That there are people who are not immediately emotionally and socially compelled to listen to us yeah. that are like tuning in. Please yeah. don't go anywhere. I don't know what this sudden loss of validation would do to me, uh, <laughs> but I've loved you guys joining us so far. And I think the energy is yeah. moving, which is exciting. And the DMs, abs- like, Keep them up. They're basically fun. made me and Grant cry like yesterday, today, this morning. Was that this morning? Um, oh my God, that was this was morning. Was it this morning? That was this morning. No, it wasn't. It was yesterday. It was this morning. It was this morning. I think. I don't know. Um, we gen- like don't ever think if you're DMing us that we won't read it because um, neither of us are sure that we're not dreaming, <laughs> and uh, we actually don't get that many DMs, so we will read it. <laughs> and uh, we're just kind of chronically online, which is also where a lot of these stories come from. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't think we actually announced what the theme is we didn't. for this one. I might put it at the end when I up- edit episode nine. Totally just to fair. Like, because someone messaged us and was like, I was so excited when you announced the theme for the next yes. session. So I might do it at the end of episode nine. We'll see. Okay. Um, so the theme for this next three episode arc, mm-hmm. falsely imprisoned. And I'm very excited to share today's story. Oh, and also just as a little announcement, neither of us want to go to Reddit and look up falsely imprisoned mm. on Am I the Asshole? So one of my friends, uh, Lee Schmelzel, is going to be coming to do the... Uh, the third episode for Falsely Imprisoned. He has a very funny dating story. And when I told him that he would be doing the story to Falsely Imprisoned, he like started cackling. So hopefully it'll be good. So listen to at least the next three episodes <laughs> to find out more about that. Because I also haven't heard it. So we'll see. Um, so today, dear listener, 
I would like to transport you back to the early 2000s. Oh, wait. Can we do something first? Absolutely. Sorry. Um, We're still recording, right? Yeah, we are still recording. Hold, please. We also haven't really been advertising our Patreon um, because we haven't posted anything on it. Um, but we, by the time this episode comes out, we will have posted a few things on it. Um, we'll be starting with episode eight and this is episode Uh, 10, 10, yeah, 10. Um, but we got our first Patreon subscriber, um, but shout out to Samantha. Um, you know who you are (laughs) and, um, look us up on Patreon. If you're interested, we're going to post some behind the scenes content and some extra. Am I the asshole content? Yeah. And, and we do appreciate the support. Uh, running the podcast has been a labor of love and we don't make any money. Right we now, have so. not made, a, <laughs> we have made no money and it does cost to publish. So yeah. it has so far just been an expensive hobby uh, and kind of vanity project. So thank you for turning us at least kind of official. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like to be a little less in the red. Um, but we love and appreciate the support <laughs> right. and are still shocked by it. So shout Absolutely. Out. Appreciate you guys. Okay. Anyway, falsely imprisoned. Falsely imprisoned. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, where was I? One second. Yeah, start again. <laughs> I'm almost there. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a great reel whenever we decide to use that. Um, <laughs> Your brain just did a full yeah, reset. 100%. That's usually me. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> because it's my week to tell the story, oh, nice. so I want to like roll it out the right way. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Falsely imprisoned. <laughs> Dear listener, I want to bring you back to the early 2000s. George W. Bush was president. Maya doesn't remember it. Really baggy (laughs) jeans that got wet every Mm -hmm. time you walked anywhere. Mm -hmm. Super common. And as you got towards the end of that decade, if you were going out with your friends, a going out top, business blouse. Go back and look at the Facebook photos. Yeah, no, I do remember that age. And we all had that one friend in our class who Mm -hmm. wore the Cookie Monster pajamas that we both respected dearly and were terrified of. Yes, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So around this time, there's a certain pop star, pop queen, who has captured the hearts and minds of America. But America has some twisted minds. (laughs) And we're not about to treat her really well. Um, And then... That's going to become her everyday living situation for the next decade and a half. Do you remember telling me that, what, that you already told me what the thing is? I No, I have no... Okay, cool. Oh, so you know what I'm doing? Yeah, I oh, do. Oh, cool. You just keep telling me things are <laughs> drunk. I decided. Um, <laughs> should I keep delaying it, though, for our no, listeners? Yeah, keep, keep just, going, keep going. Now I, no, they'll figure it out. Just keep, keep, keep going. Okay. Yeah. So, um... I had an older sister, still Mm -hmm. have an older sister, but I had an older sister while I was in elementary and middle school Mm -hmm. in the early to mid 2000s. And she was obsessed with two bands, Mm -hmm. the Spice Girls. And I remember when they played on All That, which was this like kid comedy sketch show with Amanda (laughs) Bynes. Kind of crazy now, honestly, in retrospect. That's wild. Yes, absolutely. So I remember finding my sister when the Spice Girls were playing. um, And then also when our other 
star female power at the time was mm-hmm. performing Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. So this story, which is obviously about free Britney, since we're talking about the falsely imprisoned, um, <laughs> was actually a really big trip down memory lane for me. Um, a lot of like really cringy and embarrassing memories, which helped outweigh a lot of the cringy, embarrassing, mm-hmm. more recent memories. So oh my God. just literally always been this way. Hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> Oh man, man. Remember how I <laughs> Oh baby, baby. Remember how I sang on like episode six or seven, something yeah. like that? Yeah, I heard it. I actually think I did a totally fine job. Uh, the country one? Yes. Yeah. And that yeah. is my cross to bear. As I'm always like, you know what? Actually, like, that wasn't bad. Really listenable. Right? <laughs> Pretty solid job. No idea where this confidence came from because again, I grew up with an older sister. But That's today fair. we are gonna talk about Britney Spears. What happened to her in 2007, Mm -hmm. um, the world she then lived in for the next 14 years, and then up to today. I'm more excited about up to today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a lot of stuff going on. Oh, because you don't remember back then. No, I've watched several documentaries on Britney Spears. That's not the same as remembering. (laughs) I I do remember, because it was around the same time as Lindsay Lohan and Amanda Bynes all had their, like, scandals, right? I don't remember. I think I remember the headlines when she shaved her head. Right. But I like I feel like they did a documentary like specifically about the paparazzi's treatment of Britney Spears There's more a recently. Lot of documentaries. It was and while stuff. she was making doing the fight for um her Oh, shit. Yeah, What's so before called? you give away no, sorry. the okay, next sorry, sorry, four sorry, pages sorry. of notes, sorry, 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 I have sorry, a plan, sorry. Maya. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going to start reading now before Maya reads everything. Okay, so I would like to start off uh, my story with mm-hmm. how one of these articles started off their description. Oh, good. My sources are Harper Magazine, The New Yorker, The Incredible Podcast, Toxic okay. by Tess Barker and Babs Gray, Ooh. as well as a bunch of other kind of random cultural magazines mm-hmm. and articles. It is not hard to find a lot of information about this. This article that I'm going to start off with, these words come from uh, November of 2021. Mm-hmm. For nearly half of Britney Spears' decade-long career as a world-renowned pop star, the womanizer singer hasn't held full control of her life. Britney has been under a conservatorship helmed by her father, Jamie Spears, since the singer's infamous breakdown 12 years ago, which resulted in hospitalization and rehab. Though the stigma surrounding Spears' mental health uh, and her battles has followed the singer ever since 2007, Her career never faltered, marking an official comeback with her 2008 album, Circus. And I do remember that. It was a phenomenal album. album. All Eyes on Me, Center of the Ring. You don't know that. Thank you. I was going to say. I do know that. Come on. Come on. Uh, Britney continues to release albums, tour, star in years long Las Vegas residency, and launch business ventures, including her, her lucrative perfume and namesake lingerie lines. Despite multiple comebacks, however, Britney's longtime fans have vocalized their dissatisfaction with seeing the pop star continue to be under the conservatorship at 38 years old. This was published two years ago, remember? Mm-hmm. Right. Wholeheartedly convinced that the singer herself also wants to be free from the legal binding, fans launched the Free Britney movement, utilizing social media to bring awareness to the discrepancies surrounding the conservatorship. Mm-hmm. So... Choosing where to start this story actually proved to be a little bit of a challenge for me because 
I feel like there's a lot of context. Yeah. Now that I'm 30, I feel like I'm the oldest person alive. So I'm like, here's what you guys don't remember about 2007. <laughs> but I realize many of you have living memories, you know? And I have my, one of my advisors from college, just to do a quick tangent, uh, sent me a Snapchat that I opened today because I'm really bad at Snapchat. But she was like, just to give you some unsolicited advice, you need to stop the hate speech for 30 years old. <laughs> 30 year olds. And I was like, Grant is 30. I can say it because I am. Listen, Kat Cohen is this hilarious comedian. She has mm-hmm. a Netflix uh, Netflix special and she has a quote that still resonates with me. She goes, I'm 30 years old, which is one of the oldest ages you can be. Um, <laughs> and that's so true. true yeah. So um, I have decided to first kind of start off talking about, you know, a lot of this has been in the news. There's been several podcasts and things about it. There's been several documentaries right. for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. The Free Britney movement wasn't believed by anyone no, other than yeah. her most radical fans. And it was the girls the and gays. the gays. And the days. who And the days mm-hmm. And a handful of other people yeah, yeah. that worked to free her yeah. from this legal mm-hmm. binding conservatorship. So we're going to talk about the conservatorship, what put her in there, how she was treated in it, mm-hmm. and then um, how ultimately was resolved throughout this podcast. But before we get into any of that... I love the outline that you just laid out. Listen, I have thought a lot about this episode to the point where I'm like, is it going to be funny? I just, It's going to feel like a book report because I'm very excited to talk about okay, this okay, story. Okay. Um, so to start us off with something that I think we all need to know. So a conservatorship, according to the state of California, is where a judge appoints an individual or organization to take care of another adult who is deemed unfit to care for themselves mm-hmm. or to manage their own finances. For Britney's case, Britney is considered to be the conservatee and her mm-hmm. father, Jamie Spears, for, was the conservator. There has been outrage from the start the website freebritney.net was launched in 2009 and penned an overarching statement as to why they believe Britney did not deserve to fall into this category. So since mm-hmm. 2009, there has been a movement to get her out of this conservatorship. That's and crazy. so let's, 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 as Cher might say, turn back time. It's not a singing <laughs> podcast. I'm going to stop eventually. Let's go back to not even 2007. Let's go back like a little bit before that. Mm-hmm. Britney Spears was a classic childhood star, which yep. as we know, always turns out well. End of podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like truly kind of one of the first people who yeah. never, ever had a childhood ever. And this mm-hmm. is really saying something because this is before social media exists. True. A lot of her fame takes off way before the internet is used for anything other than like business emails. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. people were obsessed, obsessed with, her, with her, obsessed mm-hmm. with her image as like this good girl from the South who could sing. Uh, I remember when hit me baby one more time came up and that like blew her image as like this yeah. innocent thing and made her even like crazier. I remember mm-hmm. watching like MTV special where they went to her old high school and talked to her, like her teachers oh and God. stuff. And I remember at one point, one of her teachers being like, and it's in the South. So he's <laughs> like, on this right here, I, don't, I can't do accents. <laughs> he's like, this right here is where Britney sat. That's and in crazy. that moment, I decided to become a teacher. I was about to ask, <laughs> is that why you decided to become a teacher? So well, you- one day I'll have a famous pupil and then I'll get my 30 seconds <laughs> on MTV, which will then probably be a streaming service. But. <laughs> You have to pay $10 a month for it. Exactly. At least. 
so then she um, becomes this huge star, mm-hmm. you know, enters her late teens, early 20s, dates Justin Timberlake, which was brave because oh, he had yeah. frosted tips, Gross. also known as macaroni hair at the time. Are you serious? I mean, that's what we call it now. I don't know oh, if they were calling it Oh, I was like, time. I've never Let's heard that Let's revise voice. that history. <laughs> um, they wore like, a, like an all denim jacket. They were the first <sighs> Canadian tuxedo people. And then there's a reason why I'm bringing up Justin Timberlake, because in 2002, Britney Spears' relationship with Justin Timberlake ends kind of publicly. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the first times that we see in kind of collective American pop culture, Britney become really victimized. Right. And her ability to make her own choices, mm-hmm. her ability to be viewed as like a stable person or make rational decisions or even be yeah. like a good person is like really called into question. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight today, there's a lot of people who think Justin Timberlake profited off of this image that he was this like heartbroken singer song boy and like the hot female artist broke his heart justin timberlake's one of his first big songs is cry me a river which is him blaming britney spears for ending their relationship and then trying to get people to feel bad about it like one of his takeoff songs is Kind like it's about Britney a little bit. Yeah. So we aren't even talking about her conservatorship yet. We're talking about in two thousand two, three, four, five, as this kind of first starts to spill over. God, can you imagine any of your breakups being that public? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. Grant's like I am famous. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. I am on the record as saying I have never gotten over anything ever. So yes, I absolutely could see that happening. I think I write amazing poetry in the notes app on my phone. I'm kidding. Don't touch my notes app. Uh, (laughs) I was like... (laughs) More visual comedy bits on this and audio podcast. Okay, so that starts 2005. And then also in 2005, what's important to keep in mind is that even though we met Britney as like a young, incredibly talented singer, Mm -hmm. she's now like a young adult in her 20s with money and fame, and thus access to do basically whatever she wants. Mm -hmm. And so she does that. She does whatever she wants, which is what everyone does in their 20s without money or access. That's true. And so she is, like, infamously seen partying with Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. And, God, I think if I had a time machine, I know you're supposed to, like, help the world. (gasps) I think I'd go back and try to hang out with them for one night. I would absolutely, I would hang out with Paris Hilton today, yes. to be fair. The but fact like, that they've managed to keep their secrets as to what like that hangout was like and yeah. not spill anything, I mean... Insane. The yeah. Unabomber, the Unabomber looks up to that. That's, that's our real life Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Just three best friends out on the nights. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Because those... Did you see the, like, heist on Paris Hilton's, like, (laughs) mansion or something? These, like, teens were just, like, near Paris Hilton's mansion. I think there's, like, a docuseries about it or something. They literally were like, I wonder if it's unlocked. And it was. (laughs) And they just, like, robbed her. (laughs) Paris Hilton was giving this interview once. And I think it was Paris Hilton. Mm -hmm. And she said one of the best pieces of advice she ever learned was that she just keeps multiple cell phones. Yeah. And so whenever someone's like, hey, like we should exchange numbers. And she doesn't really want to exchange numbers with them. You have like rankings. Yes. Instead of having that like weird social exchange, she gives them one of her numbers and can kind of like prove it. But it's not like 
the number she's using. And that's so, that's like, incredible. 2055 brain. Because, yeah, yeah, if you have as much money as Paris Hilton, you don't need to just have one phone. That's amazing. I have friends who own a storage facility, <laughs> and they have a phone for that, you it's know? A flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> They've upgraded. They've upgraded. Really? Yes. We'd say the name, but we promise no free advertising. So. <laughs> Okay, so 2005, 2006 uh, is, I think, still kind of viewed as, like, a tough time for Britney. Mm -hmm. The podcast Toxic does a really great job of kind of unpacking what the internal life of Britney Spears looks like at the time. And while certainly maybe not, like, the world's perfect role model Mm -hmm. for what you should do with your free time, is behaving in a way that I think is kind of, by and large, understandable. Right. Especially maybe by more, like, 2023 standards of things. Right. I mean, she does end up getting married to one of her backup dancers, Kevin Federline. That's right, yeah. And she has two kids with him. Mm -hmm. And so she's kind of, you know, making these decisions. It's a very quick marriage that they have, I think. But it's, I mean, it's like a woman living her life. Yeah, honestly, I'm shocked that there's not a rom-com about that. That romance. That specific moment. Yeah. Uh, well, probably because the conservatorship wasn't going to sign off on that's, it. That's We're going to get there, folks. Ooh. We're going to get there. New conspiracy theory unhatched here. Yeah, James Cameron, <laughs> instead of doing what you're going to do with the Titanic submarine story. And the, uh, how about in addition to? Because <laughs> I would love to see what that's going to be. <laughs> I, I just don't care that much, but like... And yet here we are only convincing half the table. That's fair. That's fair. I'm only interested in it if it is a paranormal story about mm. the ghosts of the Titanic submarine interacting with the ghosts of the Titanic. That's the only... What, like a fun buddy comedy movie? I just don't care about engineer, Especially after reading how many issues there were with that submarine mm. as an engineer. Sure. Pissed. Mm. Absolutely pissed. It's like... It's the Titanic. I mean, granted, this submarine had more than one voyage. It wasn't its maiden voyage, but they had been warned so many times. The director. I love of, that with the Titanic. That's a clarifying statement. Was this vessel on its first trip? It was on its first trip. Like it. Well, anyway, whatever. But the director of engineering was basically like asked to do a safety audit. He did the safety audit. Came up with all of these things. They're like, you should check this. You should do this. You should uh, re like try and do this with a different material. And you know what their response was? Fired him. So it sounds like we know the protagonist and the villain already and the story writes itself that's just like the it's just not even a story it's just like shitty engineering and capitalism i'm just over it well i'm not so i don't know what else <laughs> to say about that. okay so um last we left off yeah. britney spears was engaged we were oh because paris Hilton and stuff right well and, we want the we want the movie of the the rom-com yes the rom-com of mm-hmm. paris nope britney spears and her backup dancer Oh. Falling in love. I wanted the buddy comedy of Lindsay. I do Lindsay, want that too. That Brittany could be one. It could be we the same. Have, yeah. is, I actually think that's what the upcoming movie Barbie is about. <laughs> okay, so she gets married, and then this is kind of where our story is going to officially begin. Okay. So we're now in 2007, and I'm going to read to you the way a lot of newspapers, both now and at the time, kind of reported this phase of Britney's life. Mm -hmm. This, like, last year or two before she gets falsely imprisoned in this Mm -hmm. conservatorship. So here's how papers still write about it today. Starting in 2007, Britney's reputation was called into question a lot during this time. She and singer Justin Timberlake had a famous breakup a couple years earlier, uh... 
where Britney was largely blamed for the breakup, breakup and thus villainized. Mm-hmm. The paparazzi loved to follow her around. Oh, yeah. She partied with Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan and was tarnished for her behavior around Los Angeles. Yep. Then, later in 2007, her divorce with Kevin Federline becomes finalized and she loses custody of both of her children. A series of public incidences raise concern about her mental welfare, Mm -hmm. with the star making headlines for shaving her head and hitting a photographer's car with an umbrella. In In 2008, she was admitted twice to a hospital under a temporary psychiatric assessment including after an incident in which she allegedly refused to surrender her sons uh, to the police to do, like, the exchange Mm -hmm. with Kevin Federline. A temporary conservatorship was established around this time and then made permanent later that year. Right. So the story is 2007, gets divorced, loses custody of the kids, shaves head, assaults paparazzi, refuses to honor the custody agreement. Yes. And that's what kicks off the conservatorship. And still to this day, it's written in a way that like justifies the conservatorship. conservatorship. And obviously there's an element of fame that goes into this. Yeah. I think everyone knows people who have gone through tougher years and experienced no such loss of like their freedom or independence. Mm -hmm. And also, and this is now where maybe my like little conspiracy brain kind of comes into things, <laughs> but that the actual behavior and experience of Britney Spears at the time was like drastically overrepresented to try yeah. to sell newspapers, magazines, yes. and to drive internet content. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think anyone would naturally understand um, having a really tough time post-breakup. Yes. Especially if that breakup's a divorce that results in the loss of the custody of your kids. And that it's not only a private affair that you are personally struggling with, Mm -hmm. but it's written about all the time, is the only thing that gets yelled at you when you step out. And, like, you can't escape the, like, tragedy of the year. And so... I just got chills. Yeah. And (laughs) so in, in one of the podcasts, they talk about how when she chose to shave her head, which everyone viewed as this irrational decision at the time, yeah. it was explained from one of Britney's best friends at the time that Britney had always been considered beautiful. And one of the reasons why the paparazzi followed her around so much mm. was because she was beautiful and to try to catch her not looking beautiful could like really sell magazines and things like that. Right. And so she... Took it like into her own hands. Took it into her own hands yeah. and stripped herself of one of these like trademark mm-hmm. image, like beauty images that she had intentionally to try to reclaim some of her space. Is that why you're bald? Um, yes, it's because I <laughs> have always been a lifelong fan of Britney Spears. No, um, I am. You did it in solidarity. I did, I did. Have I, okay, this is, we're gonna have to pause here. I don't know if we're gonna keep this or not. Have I, I think, I'm gonna tell you the story. Mm-hmm. As to what I love to say when at school, if a student is particularly like mean to me, or yeah. I, I did this to a couple coworkers. This is that was really who I got. Oh, a couple yeah. coworkers who came at me for being bald. They're like, "Oh wow, Grant! Like what happened? Like oh, Mr. Dome had things like that," which has also been said in some of the comments. <laughs> you do not know me like that. What was uh, the one? That was you like- could fit all seven <laughs> continents on it. I will never forget it. So anyway, it showed up on my screen. I actually started laughing out loud in a meeting. I know I it's funny, myself. and that's the tough part. Okay, so whenever my coworkers are giving me crap about it yeah. when I first shaved my head, I go, "Well, you know, I drove home to Nebraska for Christmas, and it was really late, and 
I was driving for like seven hours at that point, and I remember like hitting like an icy spot, and then I don't really remember what much else. And I woke up a couple of days later, and they'd had to like shave my head before surgery, and it's, I mean, it's just like never really grown back since that moment. And then there's this incredible long pause where I'm like, and everyone feels so bad, and I go, I'm just kidding. I have terrible genetics. <laughs> You should really just, yeah, you just gotta, like, make them feel guilty for insulting you, 100%. and then they're like, oh, man, I should really stop insulting people based off of their appearance. Right. Maybe we should respect the way people have chosen to present their bodies yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, listen, if you want to make a bald joke, go ahead, but don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> you better make Grant laugh, or Grant will make you cry. Correct, exactly. Well, and here's the funny thing, because then after I reveal that I'm just, like, joking and I shamed yeah. it myself, everyone else in the room laughs really hard it's funny it's so funny oh my god because i'm the one making the joke <laughs> <laughs> and it just look better bold like i just know that for a fact so yeah no she do. shaves her head yep as like a response to the emotional trauma she's experiencing and the constant harassment mm-hmm. and then of course that actually just makes her then a further image of like speculation yeah. and another thing that they can now like yell at her and talk to her about and then they actually in one of the podcasts interview the paparazzi right. who like got umbrellaed or his car got umbrellaed yes, or whatever yeah. and of course and i'm sure for like some liability reasons he doesn't fully claim mm-hmm. to be at fault but he does admit to like really invading britney's a lot personal of them space. have yeah yes that like it was common for there to be motorcycles idling out of anywhere mm-hmm. she went because motorcycles could weave through traffic easier yeah and they could never be lost then they could yeah. always be tailing her and so I'm not necessarily saying that like violence is ever the answer or Mm -hmm. anything, but when you look at each individual moment, which gets used to build this body of work that Britney Spears can't be trusted with like her own life and decisions, it doesn't necessarily hold up when you pull them out individually. Right. And even if it does maybe warrant like a temporary conservatorship, it does not justify more. For decades. Yes, more than a decade long of controlling this woman. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. This story is now going to get kind of a little sad. Um, We're all aware. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) So, long sip there as we prepare for this. Okay. So, basically from the start, Mm -hmm. Brittany becomes aware of the bind that she has been put in by this conservatorship Mm -hmm. and specifically like who it is that is running she really <laughs> just looked into the mirror. She knows that's her moment. That's a Patreon moment right there. If you want to see Mo, it's five bucks oh, so much. Oh, when I edited episode seven, every time she came down the stairs, or I think I only got it once, it just, it just says Monet moment. That's going to go on yeah. a shirt. Um, merch store to it. come. Uh, anyway, so basically immediately as soon as the conservatorship becomes permanent Britney Spears immediately tries to break out of it because she is and again it's claimed to be for her own good she loses contact with a lot of her friends Mm -hmm. a lot of her boyfriend her boyfriend at the time can't get a hold of her anymore um and these new people in her life are not there for, for her, her own choosing. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, the court appoints a lawyer mm-hmm. for Britney's conservatorship. And he, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you then will, like, read and listen about later on is never on Britney's side. Right. Britney becomes the client that pays super well, that actually requires none of your work. Um, and because Britney herself isn't trusted to make any decisions. Mm -hmm. She's not entrusted to even pick her own legal counsel. And that's what starts off perhaps what I think is one of the the scariest moments early on in this. Right. So 
There were early attempts by Britney Spears to get out of her conservatorship, which was actually insanely brave of her because her every minute was monitored. She was oftentimes never allowed to be alone, ever. And And you can't have, like, technology, right? Like, yeah, you can't, like, communicate without... It's crazy. Like, it's not just about money, which I feel like is a big misconception with the conservatorship. It wasn't just her finances. It was everything. Like, she couldn't make any legal decisions by herself. She wasn't allowed to make any legal decisions by herself. Yeah. But then they also realized that she might try to communicate with other people. So then she wasn't ever really allowed to have, like, a private conversation. She wasn't ever allowed to have a kind of unregulated, like, communications with things like that. Uh So early on, let me get the year, in January of 2009, we're only a year into Mm -hmm. her conservatorship, this story unfolds. There was early attempts by Spears to secretly hire an outside lawyer in January 2009, a plan that was hatched by her former manager and then, uh, and as well as a former boyfriend, mm-hmm. last names Luffy and Galib, I believe. Mm-hmm. The two men had been branded as a bad influence by Spears' parents and were not allowed near her, which is totally legal because Spears isn't a person. The people that run her conservatorship get to make that decision. So insane. If I didn't hang out with all the people that my mom thought were a bad influence when I was young, I wouldn't have any friends. Listen, I don't think I've ever actually told my parents the story. So, Mom, if you're still listening at episode 10, that is a mother's love, and I appreciate it. But my parents, I did that thing that I think a lot of parents do, which Uh is force their kids to get jobs when they were in high school. And I worked at one of our local discount grocery stores in Lincoln, Nebraska. Loved it to death. And it did teach me things. Specifically, access to illegal things is really (laughs) not as hard as Nancy Reagan had led me to believe. I did learn responsibility and like financial planning and things like that. Mm -hmm. But a whole host of characters worked at this grocery store with me who weren't tight-lipped about their after-work hobbies. Crazy. And I'm not here to support or oppose any of that stuff, some of which is now legal in our state. Mm -hmm. Um, All I am saying is I remember at that time being like, oh, I've never been surrounded by more influences than I am and opportunities (laughs) than I am here at this job building moral character. (laughs) Um, oh, I feel that. Speaking of like this whole thing, have you seen the John Mulaney, the new John Mulaney? It's on my sketch? watch list. Just have not jumped into it okay. yet. I'm not going to spoil it for you then, but it's really funny. He does this whole thing where he tells his accountant to not let him have money because he'll use it to buy drugs. And so he spends like years trying to figure out how to steal money from himself. <laughs> <laughs> and this the lengths that he goes oh. to to get money for drugs insane okay well maybe that's what i'm watching tonight i was gonna watch brene brown but instead i just think i'm working on some stuff that's all i'm trying to say (laughs) i've hiked a lot this week (laughs) yeah do you know who was working on some stuff Hmm. britney spears (laughs) (laughs) she tried to get out of her conservatorship perfect segue (laughs) amazing amazing so um these uh two people her former manager and her Mm -hmm. former boyfriend uh reach out to a third Journalist. This journalist, her name is Jenny Aliskew, is I believe how it's pronounced. Wait, wait. Her, you said her former manager and her former boyfriend. We're not talking the parent to her kids, right? No. We're talking the one that 
was her boyfriend like when she shaved her head? When you're as attractive as Britney Spears, you got a lot of people who I mean, love you in your life. Fair. That's um, fair. Correct. Kevin Federline is actively it's not, not okay, helping yes. her, okay, yeah. and it's probably being further empowered by the conservatorship because mm-hmm. of the relationship Britney will have with her children, which I'll get into in right, a little bit. Right. So they approach uh, journalist Jenny Liskew, who did an interview with Britney Spears for Rolling Stones, and it mm-hmm. was the second time she'd interviewed Britney Spears. The one for Rolling Stones was after she was in the conservatorship, and she was so alarmed by the changes she had seen in Britney from before and after, all in negative ways on behalf of Britney, yeah. that she was emotionally compelled to help Britney out. So somehow they got a message to Britney okay. that when she was staying at, I have the name of the hotel right here. Um, Journalist Jenny Liskey mm-hmm. was told that she was to bring a prepared petition for Spears to sign. It detailed how she wanted to hire her own counsel because she lacked confidence in Samuel Ingram, the lawyer appointed by the court mm-hmm. when it was created in 2008. The thing that she was supposed to sign said, Miss Spears is of the opinion that he is not advocating adequately on her behalf right. in light of the severe restrictions placed upon yes. her. It's 2009 and Britney's already like, I'm being trapped in the system yeah. and my lawyer is not looking for me. So, journalist Aliskew secretly met Spears at the upscale Montage Beverly Hills Hotel. She went into a bathroom stall and waited for Britney Spears. And Britney Spears, one of the few moments she gets to be in private is when she's in the bathroom. And so Britney Spears goes into the stall and signs it in front of Aliskew. And then this is what Aliskew had to say. She remembers in that moment, as Brittany signed the paper, how appreciative Spears seemed to be. She looked at me and said, thank you. Aliskew said, I'll see you again. And she never did. Oh, I'm going to cry. Yeah. That's so sad. It's tragic because you know what happens? That petition gets filed and a judge denied the petition (sighs) because Brittany's conservatorship claimed Brittany was fine with her legal representation. That's not how that works. It is legally. It is legally yeah. how it happened. And so this plan and this lawyer, like the lawyer that was going to do it was basically like, I'm out of options. Like we got her to sign it. We did as much as we could. We could. Yeah. And we were denied. And so that's 2009. And it is maybe Britney's closest attempt to actually get out and escape yeah. for the next decade. That's insane. It's insane. It's sad. It's like a weird spy movie. Yeah. For a woman that's like selling perfume and making pop songs. Yeah. So that her dad can collect all of the money. Correct. Well, that's then. So then what does living in the system look like? That's the next section, Maya. Hey, Excellently that done. That was a good segue. It was. It was a good segue. Yeah. Two what? in a row. Look at us. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> If only we were professionals. I know. Also, at that point in the story, so I listened to the Toxic podcast mm-hmm. when I was driving out west on a big hiking trip yeah, once. Yeah. I had just left Great Basin National Park specifically to hike Bald Mountain, and I had like a six-hour drive to Las Vegas, Yeah. and I put this on, and I wept at several moments. I yeah. wept at like that story. I wept at the loss of my own childhood. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> But you know in that way that like nostalgia triggers things in you and like the sun was setting over the desert and there's this moment where I was like, I'll never be that young again. (laughs) (laughs) And rightfully so. Oh my God. Rightfully so. Oh my God. I've cried so much in the last like, I don't know, couple months because of like- Brag much, but okay. I would love to. I mean, you could also argue with my mom if I you want. I am watching Brene Brown when I get okay, home. Okay, cool. We are working through stuff. 
<laughs> I have like, I was like in therapy. I'm like going through some stuff with my parents, right? And right. I was like in therapy talking about it. And my therapist was like, yeah, so this is going to be like a hard next couple of weeks for you because I don't think you've really processed it. Mm. Um, and like maybe you'll notice that you're more emotional at times that you don't really, that you wouldn't normally be. And like I don't cry at movies that often. Like for example, mm. the like movies will get me like I'll tear up a little bit. Right. The only times I've like cried, cried at something like cinematic has been Marley and Me. Okay. And then yeah. episode three of The Last of Us. <laughs> have you seen that? I have not said anything half as gay on this podcast yet. <laughs> that episode, I was sobbing for yeah. the last 20 minutes. And then within the last couple months, I have cried at like Turning Red, the movie. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. The, that one really one. got me. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once got me. Amazing. Oh, okay. So you're just doing greatest hits for things Maya's going to cry Generational about trauma okay. is okay. what's 100%. making me cry. And then I went to watch the Spider-Verse and there's this beautiful scene that's not like particularly relevant to the the story. So like, don't worry if you haven't seen it. But the mom right. is like being incredibly accepting of mm. Miles, the son. And I was bawling. Aww. And it was just like, just like a stepping stone into like the regular thing. And I look over at Casey and Casey looks at me. And he's like, oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> and it was literally just Imagine the Casey's like making a snack. And you're like, can we pause it for a second? Because <laughs> <laughs> the mom was literally just telling him like, I love you no matter what. Sure. She's and like, sure. you go do you, babe. I... I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I'm holding space for you. I think to this day, I am the only person to cry at the 2016 movie Joy, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, I don't think it's I when she's that. an inventor and she like invents a mop and okay. stuff. And there's a moment where like everything oh. seems to be falling out. And I here's what resonated with me. Yeah. I had just graduated college. I was working a job paying my entire salary mm -hmm. to like rent and I had moved away from um, everyone that I knew and I was living yeah. in California at the time and I was home for winter break and I saw it with my parents and my <sighs> siblings and I just remember in that moment it's like clear Jennifer Lawrence's character thought life would be different yeah and I realized how like privileged the statement sounds yeah. But, like, so had I. Yeah. And I was, like, six months out of college, yeah. right? Like, I was putting the very first pieces of my life yeah. actually together. Yeah. But I just remember being like, I'm also directionless and a mother of three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Never, never once. Right I'm also <laughs> mother of three. I love that. Finally, representation for me. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Not at all. I mean, like, even if it is a privileged thing to say, like, it doesn't change your experience, mm -hmm. right? So, like... I got it. Ah! So, um... Where were we? Brittany trying to escape this yes. terrible... Oh, mm -hmm. listening to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always fun retracing how we ended up where we were. I know, because we, <laughs> we have to, like, remind everyone, including ourselves, what happened. I promised my mom we would. I know. I just edited the episode where we talk about Good. it, so I'm like, okay, okay. so what happened last? <laughs> okay, so, after the failed attempt to get her own... Uh, attorney, it looks like Britney Spears continues to make attempts, but also kind of gets forced to live in what is now mm -hmm. her new normal. Yeah. So, Britney was both controlled by the conservatorship and fully financing it. Mm -hmm. What she made did not go to her because under the conservatorship, her personhood stops existing. <sighs> so, all of the money she made was then using to finance the system that was then keeping her in the conservatorship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so one of the first things they cover is like, well, why didn't Britney stop working? Why didn't Britney go mm. like on a hunger strike and stuff? At times she did. Yeah. And she would do that until she eventually got what she wanted. But I think she realized early on that 
any attempt to fully break the conservatorship through no longer working mm-hmm. wasn't going to work out for her. Because anything that they that she did could ultimately be used to play off as like, see, she's not she's, stable. Oh, she can't yeah. make her own decisions. She thinks she's going to support herself and not work. <sighs> like, she can't do that. The unionization and, effort needs more than one person. 100%. what we're learning here. Yes. Yeah. This is actually a podcast about labor rights. <laughs> <laughs> so, for instance, um, if she said no they would no longer let her see her kids. Because remember, as part of the divorce settlement, she loses custody of, of the kids. kids. So even the conservatorship doesn't necessarily have like a legal right to it. I think the custody agreement gets updated a couple yeah, of yeah. times. But that was one of the first things. Like, If she didn't do what they said, she'd immediately stop seeing mm-hmm. her boys. And especially in the podcast and stuff, you hear these heartbreaking stories of like all she wants to do to see her is kids. spend time with them. But yeah. like, not even see her kids, but like be a mom to her kids. Yeah. She can't bring him to the park. She can't yeah. go grocery shopping with him. She talks about like wanting to bring him to Starbucks. And, and she can't. Because she, she doesn't have any money. And also the paparazzi like, wouldn't and, let her even if she wanted, if she was able to. Correct. And so she will oftentimes stop working to get like a specific thing that she wants. Mm. Like I think at one point she stopped working because she demanded to have a cell phone. And then she got one, but I think they still had Ugh. the ability to like check it and stuff. And so... um if she didn't work, she wouldn't be allowed to see her kids. Okay. She couldn't leave the house, couldn't pick her own friends, didn't even consistently have access to her own cell phone. Meanwhile, she's one of the top-selling perfume brands and lingerie lines. She launches several new albums and, at the time, headlines one of the most successful Las Vegas residencies. I have friends who still talk about the mm-hmm. Britney Spears Las Vegas residency, and during that entire time, the person Britney Spears does not exist and she's oftentimes doing this to have access to like the few joys she Mm -hmm. is allowed and the grossest thing about all of this is that this performing then continues to embolden the organization Mm -hmm. to keep her trapped it pays for lawyers it pays for whatever her father jamie spears wants there the cycle fed itself in a way that was impossible to break out of. Do you watch Black Mirror? I don't because after the pandemic, I really stopped watching all dystopian stuff. Okay. So you asked me if I'd seen The Last of Us. I watched up to episode three because I knew that it was like a cool episode yeah. with a queer storyline. And I watched episodes one and two to understand what happened in episode three. Stopped after that. No, well, that seems fair. <laughs> so that I do not fair. watch Black Mirror. <laughs> Black Mirror, there's an episode uh, where Miley Cyrus plays a character and it's... Uh, I think it was not the most recent season that just came out, but the season before that. And Miley Cyrus, um, they've made like holograms Mm. of her basically. And that's what performs and Mm. people are paying to see. And they're using her brainwaves to create songs Mm. um, that sound like previous songs that she's made um, because it's in the future and dystopian and whatever. And there's also like these little products that they make in her name that like kids can buy that are like their friend right? right so it's like you get a little miley cyrus it's not actually miley cyrus obviously but um it's the character she yeah played. Right. the character she played and it's like a little robot that you get to like hang out with and this yeah. girl the storyline is this girl gets like really close to this robot and then they like slowly unpack the fact that actual miley cyrus is like not well and right. then they end up breaking her out and i'm just now realizing that that was probably about almost 100 percent pretty mm-hmm. spirits crazy yeah. how i'm not watching Black Mirror, because that yeah. sounds like an anxiety-producing dystopian show. It's um, crazy. 
Yeah. I mean, Brittany basically lives in this situation where if she stops working, it's evidence that she needs the conservatorship mm-hmm. to make decisions for her. And that if she keeps working, it's evidence that the conservatorship is working, is working for her. It's a double bind that she cannot get out of. Catch-22. Correct. For example, and this gets talked about in the Netflix documentary, mm-hmm. it reveals how her management team worked both Britney and the organizations that wanted to work with Britney. Mm-hmm. So, um, Britney Spears was a judge on The X Factor. Right. And had committed to being a judge for The X Factor. And then her medical team was, like, really hesitant to sign off on it. She okay. didn't... The medical team was like, we don't know if Britney can do this. Britney's, like, obviously struggling during this time. Like, yeah. Mentally and with her health and things like that. And her medical team's like, well, we're not entirely sure we can she sign can off on that, it. yeah. But if they don't, the conservatorship will lose $15 million. So the medical professionals were warned that the job, um, that if she turned down the job, it could be perceived as another public meltdown. So the conservatorship is used to control Britney. And then when they were talking to other organizations and stuff like that, if like the medical team was like, hey, we're not entirely sure Britney needs this, they're like... Why would you put Britney through something like that? Why would you make Britney that headline again in the newspaper? That makes me so correct. So mad because there's so many moments where it's so clear that she is being manipulated to yeah. make, to make money for others, and that the person at the head of it all is Jamie Spears, her father. Yeah, like the conservatorship is made to help her, and when the medical team is saying, "Hey, this is what's going to help her," or "This is what's not going to help her," and they're telling. Right them that like well actually like she has to do this right that's like it's obvious it's so blatantly clear right that it's not for britney but the problem is and i want to be really careful with how i use my words here mm-hmm. for this next part the general perception mm-hmm. of conservatorships is that a person who is put into a conservatorship never gets better because the right. perception of conservatorships is kind of elderly people who are now experiencing yeah. like memory care issues or things like that and it's kind of viewed as like a legal way to help pay for hospice and other things <sighs> when the person is not capable of doing that themselves and isn't going to get better that is the perception of what conservatorships Should are be, yeah. that is not really what it is and we're going to touch on more of that okay. in a second okay so the free britney movement mm-hmm. takes off more and more britney spears is able to post a couple things on social media and things like oh, that gosh. and there is some like speculation being fueled through some of these social media posts that she supports it or that she's not in a good place. And then eventually at one point Ugh. she voices approval of the free Britney movement. And that really galvanizes the movement, yeah. which at the time is still viewed as this fringe conspiracy theory. Cause who outside the conservatorship would believe one of the top grossing pop stars of the time wasn't legally a person. Yeah. That's, Absolutely insane. Right. What year are we in now? So we are now fast forwarding to like 2019, 2020, okay. Okay, cool. and now we are in 2021. So the dam finally starts to break in 2021. In 2021, she has another kind of like regularly scheduled court appointment mm-hmm. about the conservatorship. And whereas in years past, sometimes she had sat quiet, oftentimes defeated mm-hmm. from those moments. Um, in this meeting, she spoke up. In 2021, in a fiery testimony to the court, Britney Spears explains how the conservators have sought to enslave her, forcing her to work and refusing her even the most fundamental forms of autonomy. Mm -hmm. Like, here is one of them. At this point, Britney Spears has a new love in her life that's very serious, and they want to start a family together. Right. And Britney isn't being allowed by the conservatorship 
to have her own IUD removed. She is being kept on birth control against her will. Yikes. Yes. And that's one of the the big headline-grabbing things from that testimony, that she is being held against even, like, the most basic forms of bodily autonomy. Yeah. But things finally start to change. The Major Crimes Bureau of Ventura County, out in California, the Sheriff's Office openly considers... opening a human trafficking investigation that Britney is essentially being trafficked. But Britney Spears and what do they say? But Spears and her attorney declined to pursue the conversation further, which is kind of crazy because if after 13 years of conservatorship, Britney probably doesn't have any necessarily huge reasons to be nice to the people that have been ruling her lives for this long, but she just wants her kids. She wants to be able to have her IUD removed and maybe get pregnant. Yeah. She wants to be able to go where she wants. She mm-hmm. wants to be able to have access to her money. As she should. Correct. A hundred percent. But that like, it's even clear that like vengeance isn't necessarily like her, her first yeah. priority in this exam yeah. moment. So after Spears is riveting court testimony, the conservatorship quickly begins to unravel. In early July, the New Yorker publishes its reporting surrounding the conservatorship creation, mm-hmm. which calls into its basis, like calls into question even the basic understanding of why it needed to exist in the first place. Mm, yeah. In the days that then followed, Spears' longtime business manager, note, not friend, Ugh. but longtime business manager, Larry Rudolph, resigns, then followed by her court-appointed attorney, Samuel Ingram. As he um, should. At that point, anyone left on the uh, in the conservatorship basically kind of became Team Britney and united behind Britney. In the words of popular uh, boy band of around the early 2000s, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> you mean her ex? Oh, no, is that NSYNC? That's NSYNC. Okay, never mind. <laughs> But wasn't he in NSYNC? Oh, he might have been. He wasn't that NSYNC. Would, he literally says bye-bye-bye, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, okay. Bye-bye-bye to uh, <laughs> Britney's people. So um, at this point, there's been an outside attorney working on Britney's behalf. And in mid-July of 2021, uh, attorney Rosengart, that's his last name, mm-hmm. successfully petitions the court to allow Britney to pick her own counsel. Phenomenal. And so for the first time in... 13 years Mm -hmm. this person with a huge empire and worth millions of dollars in assets finally gets a chance to pick her own lawyer um after that happens jamie spears officially steps down from the conservatorship in september so two months after that and filed a petition for the conservatorship to be terminated entirely which is not to say jamie spears realized the error of his yeah. ways. It is now speculated that he actually did it to essentially resolve any potential legal challenges. Yeah. That once the conservatorship doesn't exist anymore, there's no legal standing to sue him for his actions. Right. So, later that year, November 2021, mm-hmm. courts rule in Britney's behalf. Britney becomes freed. Right. And the conservatorship ends and she enters... Her new era, her first time in 13 years, mm-hmm. now a near 40-year-old woman yeah. who has the ability to make her own legal this decisions. This is crazy to me. Correct. Mm-hmm. It also means that Britney Spears was only slightly older than you are right now and slightly younger than I am right now when she was first put into the conservatorship. Yeah. So it's not to say that she was an infant child at the time either. But she wasn't a 40-year-old woman. No. Yeah. She was a woman in her late 20s who had been put through a lot of bad 
public pressure mm-hmm. and then had the stress of that reflect inwardly on her own personal relationships. And she probably also, like, because of her fame, never was allowed to, like, grow up. Right. Right. And then yeah. was literally imprisoned by her parents. Yeah. So... We now get to the happy fun part of the story. I have two little pieces to like talk about and then we can kind of okay. summarize final Love reactions, it. things like that. Yeah. So first a toast to Brittany being free. Love that for you, babes. So here is like the nice <laughs> ending to the whole case. Yeah. Spears's case has illuminated the impossible bind that conservatees can sometimes find themselves in. Mm-hmm. Once a person has been formally deemed incapacitated, they might never get the opportunity to prove their capacity. Few people who wish to fight their conservatorships have the chance to do so. Quote, there are hundreds of thousands of other Britneys across the United States. People, hundreds of thousands, thousands, and you're going to, I have the source for this too. Oh my God. There are hundreds of thousands of other Britneys across the United States, people who are not famous, but who deserve the same rights we all take for granted until they get taken away. And that quote comes from Jonathan Martinez, who's the senior director of law and policy at the Syracuse University Center for Disability Rights, who finishes the quote by saying, the hashtag free Britney movement can't end with Britney being free. So is it, I have a couple questions. Is it Martinez or Martinez? It looks like Martini with an S. So Martinez. Love that you think oh, I've yeah. never seen the word Martinez before. No, I was just confused. <laughs> I was like, what? Mart- yeah, Martinez. Yeah. Okay, I, th- I agree. And then hundreds of thousands of other Britneys. Is he like... Is it just like people that are younger or is it like, is that also including people that are older that like have Alzheimer's or like maybe can't take care of themselves? So I think it's actually kind of in this like third group where it's not necessarily people for whom the conservatorship is fulfilling its goal, which is wrapping up your legal responsibilities and monitoring Mm -hmm. your money at the end of your life. I think it was people who maybe experience physical disabilities Mm. or some form of uh, mental or cognitive differences who are then put under these conservatorships but have the capabilities to make their own decisions, mm-hmm. just maybe don't share the full spectrum of like mm-hmm. physical or mental capabilities that other people might have. It feels like there needs to be like a difference between a conservatorship made for like older people that are living out their lives um, that can't make their own decisions and then people like Brittany. Well, I think one of the things that they're really interested in is just the whole structure of it initially. Yeah. And then also what goes into deciding if a conservatorship should be put into place yes. to begin with. And also maybe even a larger question of, in the eyes of Allah, should a person ever actually lose their personhood? Yeah. Is that actually even for those in the depths of, you know, uh, hospice care, mm-hmm. do they lose their right to their own, own personhood? Money, yeah. yeah. And like ability to make decisions. Yeah, that's crazy. It feels like there needs to be like, I don't know, a fifth vote or something like that, you know, where they like have like always have an like odd people's number advocate. of people. Yeah, yes, like yeah. a people's advocate or like even like a like the medical team gets to could override hundred percent the like conservator on like I don't know. Crazy. Yeah, no. So conservatorship reform is now a really hot topic. As it should be. And Jeez. there's another thing that I also think we want to talk about yeah. that are like gonna be is like something that needs to be revised as well. Right. In addition to reforms for conservatorship 
-hmm. Another huge element, and one that I think I might take a bit more personally, is the way Britney Spears and others were discussed about in the late 2000s. It was totally fair for anyone from like person at school or the office all the way up to like late night host to actively poke fun of Britney Spears as she publicly went through what yeah. was a terrible time in her life. Yes. And that we culturally were okay essentially beating her when she was yeah. down. And I think there's like this golden rule around comedy that you should be punching up. And maybe you could argue that an international pop star is in theory up, but mm-hmm. I hope today there is less public appetite to call women crazy Mm. to openly question a person's ability to take care of themselves after a divorce things like that i do think covid especially Mm. did a lot to include mental health care yes into our language Yeah, yeah yeah That you wouldn't just go around and call someone crazy and expect that to be a punchline. Yeah. And that also, I think, again, this might be me be being hopeful, that if you saw someone going through a tough time mm-hmm. publicly, our first inclination wouldn't be to make fun of that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's hard. It is hard because I think there's like a human nature to like rejoice in the downfall of like the pretty and the powerful and the mm-hmm. wealthy. But also at the same time, I mean, Brittany, in hindsight, was going through like classic symptoms of just not doing well. Yeah. And instead of being sympathetic, we were all like, oh, this person whose music we love and has been performing for us since she was a child. Let's make fun of her for it. Like, let's yeah, make her feel worse down. about what's going on. Yeah, and I think the media plays a big part of that because, like, I don't know. I think the 2000s were a very different time, too, because, like, therapy wasn't as widely accepted. Right. Mental health care wasn't as widely accepted. And, like, she was one of the first big, big pop stars, you know? And so so watching that was probably kind of crazy. Like, us watching the Titanic go down was like, nah. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear all of that. Like, I think... Um... The fact that she also experienced a lot of this when the internet finally started to be used to spread gossip. And so there's a lot more to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whatever whatever filter a magazine editor might have been putting on the news coverage or understanding the business might have had around stuff like that, you now have this online domain that Mm -hmm. could share the exact same information that you oftentimes didn't have to buy a magazine to be able to read in the first place, and that, because there was no filter, could kind of say or speculate whatever they wanted to. Perez Hilton, for example, essentially built his career off of tearing Britney apart during this time. Ugh. And do you remember the Leave Britney Alone video? Yes! yes! I was waiting for you to bring that up. Everyone <laughs> loves the Leave Britney Alone yeah. video. The podcast I listen to interviews them later. Really? Yes. It's really wow. interesting to hear them talk about it because even when a person came to Britney's defense, they, still they were mocked. Yeah. They were mocked and made fun of. And I think in a way that was like either Britney doesn't deserve that or Britney deserves this criticism or that Britney herself is just such a ridiculous person that to publicly humiliate her is an okay and appropriate thing to do. I think it's also difficult because that particular video, at least the part that went viral, was not articulate mm. in any way. It was it came off as just as unhinged yeah. as Britney's response to her like 
issues, you know? Right. And so, like, that's still not okay to mock, but it also becomes difficult to defend. Right. I guess, because it, it, it is like, yeah, you they were doing a great thing, but it's not like they were making a coherent argument of, like, well, this is all the th- things that happened, right. and, like, we need to be better. It was, like, it, it came from an obviously very emotional place. Sure. Which is hard for people to understand when they're not there with them. Right. But it yeah. also, so then it raises kind of larger questions around how we treated a bunch of people at the time. Yeah. Like, for instance, something that I think is kind of connected to mm-hmm. is when the Bill Clinton affair with Monica right. Lewinsky came out. And Monica Lewinsky today now has this really powerful TED Talk that I encourage mm-hmm. people to go watch. But it talks about how she was one of the first people to ever really experience cyberbullying. Yeah. And when we look at it today and understand the power dynamics around this like young girl who was an intern and the president of the United States Crazy. and just like the power, the power dynamic. dynamic that was mm-hmm. there and also even if they were of equal power dynamics why Monica Lewinsky needed to be so vilified. I mean mm-hmm. Monica Lewinsky isn't an international pop star. She is like a regular person um, and she talks at the time about how the harassment online was so extensive mm-hmm. that she contemplated um, death by suicide for yeah. a while. And I can't speak on behalf of Brittany, obviously not, but I, I think Brittany too. went through yeah. an intense amount of like similar harassment, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with even more of her personal life pulled out. Yeah. So let's get into the apology tour. Perez Hilton has, I guess you could say apologize yeah, okay, for the whatever. way he treated <laughs> Britney Spears. He does in a Sky News article say he's apologetic and like, I think, quote, deeply regrets the stuff that he wrote about it. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Kind of a little bit, yeah. And there is a bunch of those articles still online. Also, on the topic of thoughts and prayers, this Texas Dem uh, in the Texas State Legislature is also like a pastor, and he had this incredible quote. I'm not a particularly religious person. That's probably not shocking at this point (laughs) in the podcast. (laughs) But he has this great quote, and he was like, "Um, how selfish are we to ask God to fix a problem that we ourselves are capable of solving. And that's my new response when I go home for Christmas. But anyways, um, so... He has a point, and honestly, <laughs> I was raised religious, and it's sure. infuriating to me how some religious people mm. use their religion as an argument for things. And there's a quote that I came across when I was like, I don't know, in high school, that was like, going to church makes you a Christian as much mm. as sitting in a car, sitting in a garage makes you a car. <laughs> and I will stand by that until the day that I die, That's because really I funny. do think the Bible stands on a lot of like, pretty solid morals like be good to others like don't judge them not your place and then everyone like a lot of the people that are religious are like i'm gonna judge you and you're going to hell it's like no i hear what you're saying because i have that same fun kind of religious trauma where i went to church and what it did was like make me uh, a radical who believes we should feed the poor and like (laughs) invest in our communities it's almost like like, jesus was a socialist almost almost a little bit like that uh, that my religious trauma instead made me like radically empathetic uh and demand a system that can take care of all when the system has so much Mm -hmm. not the kind of uh religious where i believe it is my god-given right to like shoot whoever's on my doorstep, <laughs> <laughs> which is somehow a version of that. Did you know that God was there when they signed the Second Amendment? I do. I do know that. I've yeah. seen him painted into the yeah. Declaration of Independence <laughs> signing. Did you know Jesus wore a dress? <laughs> <laughs> that was in episode eight. <laughs> it was. Yes, it was. It's gonna be in a lot of episodes. 
Um, speaking <laughs> of needing to apologize to higher yes. powers, Justin Timberlake has also apologized to oh, Britney Spears. Fucking good. Not the best segue, but no. a decent yeah, one. Yeah, okay. um, I actually have pulled up Justin Timberlake's full um, apology because he apologizes to both Britney and Janet because of like the Super Bowl Janet Jackson fiasco. Oh, right. Where he like ripped part of her outfit and like revealed something. <sighs> and in both moments, Justin's career benefited while the female performing artist he was linked to wasn't. That's on misogyny. It is. And so I want to read this. Yes. Uh, and this comes in February of 2021. So about. Well, but also like eight months before Britney is freed Actually, okay. from the conservatorship. Okay. So late, late. 100%. Yeah. Um, but. Not necessarily the last word on the topic. So in February of 2021, Justin Timberlake shared this. I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, and I want to respond. I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in those moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, because I care for and respect these women, and I know I failed. I also feel compelled to respond, in part because everyone involved deserves better, and most importantly, because this is a larger conversation that I wholeheartedly want to be a part of and grow from. Okay. I'm not happy with it. Like, it's not it's not as all-encompassing as I would like it to be, but in the age of social media and people's, I don't know, social appetite or, like, attention spans being right. significantly shorter, I think that... Eh. Listen, as a person who knows with probably far less reaching social consequences, yeah. but as a person myself who knows in high school in 2008 and 2009, mm-hmm. I was making Britney Spears' crazy jokes. Yeah, yeah, like, same. I think... It's what I basically am trying to say is Justin Timberlake's probably not the only person that no, needs to apologize. Absolutely not. And yeah. here's actually the kind of like really touching part. <laughs> Cause like the story does kind of get sweet here at the end. Yeah. In addition to like not pursuing human trafficking charges against her father. Which she could have and right. I would have to be totally honest. Right. Britney Spears on several social media posts has danced to Justin Timberlake's songs oh, and has yeah. said in posts. You know, we might have had one of the most iconic breakups 20 years ago, but the man is still a musical genius. And that it does cute. look, probably now more from afar, mm-hmm. that the two are still rooting for each other. Or maybe finally actually rooting each other it for is, each other. It is wholesome. I do still worry about Britney's like, mental state. Ooh. Not saying by any means that she should still be in a conservatorship, but by saying, like... I do worry that she may it may be very easy for her to fall victim right. to a similar scenario. Well, I mean, listen, not to turn this like kind of crazy story about Britney's yeah. conservatorship into like larger parallels yeah. for the rest of us, but I think that's I mean, I think that's one of the things that's so hard to lean into and to mm. accept and grow yeah. is that once things have happened to us, they have happened to us. Yeah. And that there's so much work and so much good publication. And I know I make fun of how much I love Brene Brown, but that's definitely one of the resources (laughs) about like learning to accept Mm -hmm. the version of yourself that has now experienced that. Yeah. That is now the version of yourself. And so I a hundred percent hear that. And you'll Mm -hmm. see some videos now 
which feel a lot like 2007, 2008, like questioning Britney's parenting decisions with her mm-hmm. children. And I'm not here to defend everything that she's ever done. No, yeah. I don't also probably know a lot of the details. But what I do is like, I'm never perfect on any given day. Mm-hmm. And if I'm called upon to be a parent with the full legal responsibilities of a parent for the first time in 13 years, I don't know if that's a smooth transition. No, and I do think that it is like a kind of an unstudied area of psychology with her specifically where she's been in a conservatorship for a decade of like arguably one of the like formative years of her life of her life um where she's from mid-20s to 40s that's when you're like really developing who you are like yes you've had all of the time in high school and college to build you up but that's when you like figure out who you're gonna be as an adult right and he she didn't have that and now she's expected to act like a 40 year old woman with kids right and she doesn't have kind of that background and so we see all the stuff of her on social media posting these these like dance videos and like arguably i feel like feels like a 20 something year old right and so it, it is a little worrisome And like knowing, I watch a lot of true crime, as you know, (laughs) and like seeing how backstories of criminals, backstories of victims, and how people tend to fall into the same traps that they have previously been in, whether intentionally or not. And so it is a little like, I'm rooting for her and I want her to be able to make her own decisions, but it is hard to like think that she is now her own person, Right. right? And she doesn't have that same maturity. It's the, it's the classic movie 13 going on 30, yeah. but it's like 27 going on 40. Exactly. And there's not like some magic Freaky Friday spell. Yeah. It is a woman's life. Wow, that is a phenomenal comparison. <laughs> 13 going on 30. And this is why you have to keep us millennials around. I love that. Okay, I say, people will ask me, how are you doing? And my like gut response is 30, flirty, and thriving. Exactly. And like my trainers at the gym have been like, are you 30? My coworkers that are like in their 40s, 50s are like, what's that? Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, there's me. And in one of the videos, uh, someone commented that we've posted on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, one of the comments was, I swear, Gen Z is a whole different breed. And I was like, he thinks I'm part <laughs> of Gen Z. So you're telling me I'm young and healthy, just like Shut my doctor up. said on my 30th birthday? It's written in a chart, folks, and it's now also written on Instagram, so... I'd like to leave. (laughs) Too late, we're not done with the episode yet. (laughs) So yeah, so there is this element of wishing her the best. It's crazy to watch it Mm -hmm. because of the way it triggers... Like, the nostalgia of your childhood. Like, I have these intense memories of being at, like, Star City Shores in Lincoln, Nebraska. The uh, public pool and, like, hearing Britney Spears songs and, you know. Obviously, when you think about childhood, it triggers, like, your own decisions and the way you've grown and the way you want to continue to grow. And so then to have Britney kind of very publicly still kind of in that transition herself as opposed to a polished, put-together professional, which I think is a really common way for celebrities to present themselves now, is a really interesting place to be at. I wish her, and honestly probably everyone, happiness and stability and peace with their choices and where they're at. So so that was in the story of the falsely imprisoned pop icon Britney Spears and the... Girls, gays, and days that helped days. free them. But you know the person who really freed Britney Spears? Hmm. Britney. <laughs> <laughs> Which is both a funny way to say and also kind you of my position. You started saying a B, <laughs> and I thought you were full on going to say Brene Brown. 
<laughs> no, I can have different parts of my life. I can hold them in tandem. Brittany. Brittany's the one that freed Brittany ultimately Young and in healthy, the end. So like. Young and healthy. <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, any outstanding questions? Anything like that? No. I feel really relieved that we now have... Oh. I was going to say, I'm really relieved that we've now recorded this because I can now talk about it because I have a lot of now Brittany content, but I have to wait three more weeks before it's published. I'm almost going to be back to school for professional development. And that's actually, to all the teachers listening, I'm sorry that I I hit you with that. That's that's so mean. I know that the school year is coming up (laughs) so soon, but we got it because here's the other thing. My other really hot take. Yeah. I don't know if this is related at all. Oh. I think y'all should be teachers. <laughs> it's a really nice job. It pays slightly better than you think it does. I did not say great, but pays better than you think it does. Um, I travel. You I know? live a very expensive lifestyle. Girl, same. Why do you think I said yes Look to the podcast? Look at where we live. <laughs> Look at where I live. I literally do it every single time I walk in yeah. here. You live in a gorgeous home. <laughs> um, but no, you uh, you get paid a little bit more than you I've probably think you do. Genuinely thought about it. Um, the summers are really great. The work is really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is a great way to end this a certain episode is with this story because it talks about being content with your own life choices in the future things like that so in the future i would my one of my dream jobs my backup dream job before you tell this final story was to be a high school calculus teacher because i do love calculus in case you didn't know because i'm an engineer even though i don't really use it on the day-to-day but i like I was in calculus AB and calculus BC in wow, high school. Wow, you actually were really good at calculus. <laughs> I know. Uh, and both of my teachers were like, have you thought about being a teacher? Because like yes. the way that you do your work is like really conducive to teaching people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who, me? But also I want to make money. <laughs> who, me? <laughs> and also have an Asian immigrant mother who also mm, wants me to make money. Mm, so. that, is that also why you're really good at math? <laughs> I actually just genuinely like okay, math. Okay, yeah. we can cut that if you no, later no, decide no. that was I really offensive. like math. I really like math. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I love being a teacher. I think this is great. I'm going to end with this story. I'm going to keep these two friends nameless, but okay. I'm pretty sure you're going to know who they okay, are. Okay. And I know when they listen to this episode, they're going to immediately know who yeah. they are. So I had two friends at my school one day helping me. We were hosting a small debate competition because mm-hmm. that's one of the subjects that I teach at school. And there's always a lot going on. So it's nice to have help specifically from friends who you can kind of tell do this. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, be like, thank you. Yeah. There's like no hurt feelings mm-hmm. or anything, right? And so they shared this story with me after helping out for the day. Mm-hmm. They're packing up their car. They're finishing up. And the first friend looks to the second and goes, wow, it's like so cool to see Grant in his element. We don't really get a chance to see that. Aww. And it's it's really cool to see him in a job that fulfills him so much. And then they drove off in their Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> But it it really is, it really is nice, and um, there are worse options out there, and while I am certainly loving summer, the school year isn't that bad either. It's it's nice. Nothing's better than sleeping in and then hiking and then having coffee at 2 p.m. I do. But as a person who has to work, um, I'm glad that I'm a teacher, and I'm happy with that choice, and I wish Brittany 
the same level of contentment with and her next he choices. also wishes that one of his students because we know you found us on tiktok <laughs> will become as famous as britney so he can tell the docu-series this is where, where britney sat <laughs> And that's the message we'll leave you with. <laughs> that's actually the, that is actually the only message that we really got to leave with. Um, okay, well, I don't know how many laugh lines were in this one, but... I laughed. Uh, I certainly did, too. Teamwork there. Hell yeah, All brother. Right. Um, right. Don't forget to find mm-hmm. us on Patreon mm-hmm. and help us continue to make this podcast uh, possible. Mm-hmm. And... And not to start teasing this out, but hopefully by the time this uh, episode airs, a merch store. So you can mm-hmm. get some t-shirts and other things with all of your favorite sayings will Catch be available phrases. to you all. All but, of Grant's catchphrases. I'm just pretty. That's so much more important. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>